Welcome back. Clocks on the stove. Your usual host, myself, Mr. Zachariah Watts. And uh, arguably the biggest hater but supporter at the same time of the podcast, Mr. UF's very own Matthew McDonald. I'm glad I'm here. We're keeping our waited. Yeah, we're keeping our that you guys finally let me on the podcast. After weeks of uh, back and forth, me wanting to be on the podcast and then not wanting to be on the podcast. Finally, we have a down week where there's no uh, temper on both on either side. Yeah, so we're gonna be uh, diving into week six of the NFL. If you've been following us long enough, you should know we do not touch the Thursday night football game as we drop a TikTok every Thursday. Uh, this week, we can give a special thank you to Mr. Zask Watts for the TikTok for tonight's game that absolutely nobody should watch. And um, Zach even added a, a list of things you could do instead of watching the game. So let's dive into our first game. Sorry, I had a sneeze there. Caught it. Brought it back in. 49ers. At the Falcons, 49ers 3-2, and two, Falcons 2-3. Two and three. 49ers coming in at a minus five favorite. Zach Watts, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, um, you know, we're looking at a pretty mid offense with the Falcons. You know, I've never been a big believer in Marcus Mariota um, ever since Cordell Patterson kind of went down. You really don't know what you're getting out of that offense. I know they have Algier kind of handling the bulk of those duties back there. Um, I mean – they have any upside to the Falcons, I'd say Drake London has kind of emerged as like the number one option out of there. You know, I'd like to see them utilize Kyle Pitts more. I mean, they did waste a fourth overall pick on him, I'm pretty sure. Something along those lines. Yeah, he was a, first, he was a high first round. Um, yeah, high first round. Uh, regardless, um, their head coach, Arthur Smith, just obviously not utilizing him how they want to. I don't know. That's I don't know if that's because Marcus Mariota just shows limited um, deep threat capabilities as a QB. Um, I don't have the answers for that. What I will say, though, is the 49ers defense will most likely dominate in this game. Um, they've kind of been the deciding factor in all their games thus far, win or lose. Um, the only reason I'm kind of want to stay away from this line outside of the fact that the Falcons have covered every game this year. Um, it's really on Jimmy G. Like, you don't know if you're going to get great Jimmy G. You don't know if you're going to get this poor Jimmy G. Um but other than that, you know, no opponent has put up more than 20 points on the 49ers. They've played stout defense all year. So it's literally the only way the 49ers don't cover is if their offense doesn't put up over 21 points. And hopefully they do. You know, they should get Devo involved. Hopefully they'll finally utilize George Kittle instead of making him a left tackle specialist. But um, to play it safe, uh, I'll probably stick with that 49ers minus five and a half just to say screw it. Like I trust them a lot more than I would – ever trust the Falcons. Uh, McDonald, what are we thinking? Well, I think at the start of the season, first game, I didn't know if the 49ers were going to be how they were the last two years. And I think they've proven that they are a good team still. Um, their defense looks really good. Like Zach said, uh, I think there's going to be four more sacks for the 49ers this Sunday against Mark, Marcus Mariota, who um, he's not terrible, um, but he's not, he's not great. You know, you beg to differ. You, beg to differ. you don't beg to differ. You, think, you think he's terrible. I think he's atrocious. I just, I, I don't think 
yes, he's on the low. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't entirely blame him, but when you're a Heisman candidate, excuse me, when you're a Heisman winning quarterback and then you get brought in as a first round pick to help quote unquote recover a team and come in after Matt Ryan, who is, I might be incorrect here, but arguably the one of the best quarterbacks in their franchise history. You, he sucks based on those standards. Based on those standards, yes. I think um, I think his offensive line doesn't help him. I agree. Uh, but, he, you know, he can run a little bit, you know, which is an upside compared to Matt Ryan, right, who cannot run to save or his walk. Life. Or walk, um, honestly. I have a feeling that this is going to be a Debo-Drake London show. Um, I just think Debo is going to do – better than he has uh, receptions yards wise. I think, uh, you know, he's a great uh, player to, uh, to bet a prop on for receptions and yards, I think this week. And um, I think there's going to be trouble for the Falcons. So I think there's going to be a couple turnovers that are going to pretty much turn the 49ers way and give them an easy cover. Um, so what's the pick? I'm picking Falcons uh, losing to the 49ers. I'm picking uh, minus five and a half. So I like the points both of you guys said. First off, I want to start off with, I think both these teams are very mid. I wouldn't say they – I would say the Falcons suck. I wouldn't say the 49ers suck. They are mid, though. <clears throat> the other thing I would say is I don't understand the, uh, the hype on Trey Lance. I don't think he was that good going into the NFL. I think personally, and if you even want to really digest and go back to our first ever episode of this podcast where we dissected the draft in which he was drafted, I stated that I thought he should have played another year to get more comfortable in the quarterback position. Um, and I think this this theory of he's a North Dakota State guy, he's pro-ready, you know, look at Carson Wentz. I think that was some of the hype into it, but I've always been a big Jimmy G guy. I don't think Jimmy G is like phenomenal. But he, he went to a Super Bowl. Regardless of, of what you think, if you he's played at the highest level possible, so he understands what needs to happen in order to win games and to, to progress as a, as a player and as a team. On top of that, yes, San Fran has a better record, but they've played a much easier schedule. Uh, going back to the Marcus Mariota thing, he's on four touchdowns on four picks this year, which is absolutely absurd when you have – yeah, yes, his O-line isn't spectacular. We have Cordell Patterson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. There's no excuse for, for being four touchdowns, four picks, in my opinion. Kyle Pitts is still listed as questionable, and he did participate in practice on Wednesday, but it was, uh, uh, as ESPN said, was a limited session. So I don't really know what that means yet. It's still early. It's only Thursday. I mean, obviously, this pod will come out later, but it's only Thursday as of right now. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, but like I wrote in the notes – I don't think that really matters because he doesn't even target him anyways. If anything, the only thing Kyle Pitts really did was maybe get another safety on him. So that opened up more pass routes for uh, Drake London and maybe open the ball up for running lanes more, a little for Cordell Patterson. Um, I am intrigued to see how Drake London will be if, if Kyle Pitts isn't playing again as, as a true number one receiver. Um, if you go back and look at my notes that I wrote for my wide receivers entering this past draft, I did not think he was that good. I, I, Still want to see a little bit more out of him. And obviously it's a lot harder when you play for the Falcons to produce the numbers that you want to produce. Um, Falcons have covered every spread this year. And as well as they have not lost by more than one score. And the only law, they only have one loss that was by more than five and it was for, against the Bucks, and it was six. So 
Um, I'm trying to, when I was doing my picks this week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go unpredictable because every time I go with my gut, my picks get absolutely destroyed. So I'm going to rock with the Falcons plus five in a boring ass close game. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's what I'm going to rock with. I'm just going to throw a curveball in there. It's at home. Um, you know, 49ers offense, their defense is spectacular, which is why I think it'll be a low scoring game. But I also could see Jimmy G going out there and throwing two early picks and then, you know, having to recover something. But the last thing I want to note before we move on to the next game is I like how, uh, uh, excuse me, like how both of you guys brought up the Debo fact, Jimmy G favors Debo. And that's something I feel like hurt their offense is Trey Lance didn't. I don't know if it's because Trey Lance wasn't really ready or he tried to dish the ball out to too many people. I don't really watch 49ers games too much, but Jimmy G favors him. And when Debo is hot, the team is hot. So that is something that can help them, but I'm going to rock with my pick. I'm, I'm taking Falcons plus five. Debo is one of those guys that can open up an entire offense mm-hmm. because you can have him, you know, coming, you know, uh, doing a jet sweep and is a threat to do the jet sweep or he's running out to the side and there's a run to the left or you get him deep, you know, he's just. He's very versatile. He's a playmaker. Yeah. So I'm going to let Zach stick us over with this next one because this this is his team, and he's been very uh, roller coaster with emotion so far with this season. So I want to – I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see which direction he's going to take on this one. Yeah, so um, just some small notes here. Um, Patriots going up against the Browns. This game is in Cleveland. Both teams are two and three. Browns are minus two and a half favorites. Um. Look, Patriots are trying to get back to 500. Well, both teams are, but Mac Jones, I don't know if he's going to play or not yet. Still undecided. Looks like he may, may not. I'm not entirely sure. But based on when this is released, I'm going to go with the assumption that uh, Bailey Zapp uh, is going to get the start. And if that's so, um, for some reason, Matt Patricia is somewhat competent when it comes to play calling. When Zappy's in, I don't know why that is. They're 12th in EPA versus their 15 with Mac. That may just be quality of opponent. I'm not entirely sure. Also unfair to really judge uh, Zappy based off his sole start against the Lions team that Belichick kind of just makes golf his bitch every time he plays him. I mean, we saw it in the season. Well, I mean, ball. also, like, like you got to also remember, there's a shit ton of injuries in that Lions team as well. Yeah, but you're – you were play, playing a lackluster, like, rebuild type of Patriots team. Like, you're the number one scoring offense. Come on. You, you can figure it out. You can, to get shut out, that's kind of a joke. Um, they pretty much all they did was just butt fuck uh, TJ Hawkinson, and then they were like, yo, go figure it out. Um, one thing I want to point out for the Patriots, um, Jack Jones has been an insane DB. It, it feels like every year the Patriots let go of, like, one of the best DBs in the league. You know, they did it with Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson became the best in the league. They let go of J.C. Jackson, and now Jack Jones is playing as one of the top DBs in the league. I'm not going to say he's one of the best, but he's playing like one of those kind of guys as a rookie, and it's amazing to see. Um, where is he from? Where is he out of? I don't know where Jack Jones is from. Uh, oh, oh, Arizona. I believe Arizona State. I believe Arizona State. Um, yeah, just phenomenal. You know, you'd think you'd go away from Arizona State considering you drafted Nikhil Harry out of there, and you saw how that worked out for you. But he's on the Bears now, so I don't really give a shit. Um, but here's why I personally, you were correct. Yeah. Here's personally why I think the Patriots have a good chance. Look, I love the Browns, uh, rushing attack, but their rushing defense is piss poor. And the only thing the Patriots really have going for them is their rushing attack with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, Browns are now 28th ranked in the league with the rush defense. They've allowed over 200 yards in the past two games on the ground. 
you know, they're really not stout in that regard. And if, if they have to commit to the run that much, you know, Zappy's only been really utilized in the play action game. Um, and I, what I'm reading is 37.5% of his passes have come off play action. I mean, that's fine to me. I'm sure he can work with that considering, you know, he went his entire college career only going out of shotgun. Yeah. Um, another thing I ball when he was in college. Yeah. Like insane. Um, last thing I'll add real quick. Um, look, Belichick excels at bullying weak quarterbacks. Um, and with Jacoby Brissett being in the game as a former Patriot, Bel- Belichick knows his oh, strengths and weaknesses. I forgot he used to be a Patriot. Yes. Um, so what I think is they're just going to load the, load the box, give them a ton of pressure looks where it's going to look like a stack box. And then on obvious passing downs, they'll look to drop back in coverage, kind of disguise their blitzes, um, really make Brissett so uncomfortable that he just has to dump it off to Kareem Hunt as much as possible. Um, I'm not guaranteeing a win in any regard. I still try to avoid betting on Patriots games. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll go on 11 and say I'll take the Pats money line here. Um, you know, why not? If I get hurt, I get hurt by it. Not really too upset about it, but that's why I feel comfortable rocking with. Yeah, so I'm going to go off the assumption as well that we're playing Bailey's – excuse me. Woo, we – I'm going off the assumption as well. The Patriots are going to be playing Bailey Zapp. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Zach and I were talking like when he first went into the game and even going into the Green Bay game, how uh, I, I, we both believe that he should have played. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest. I, he has not done anything to impress me so far. I mean, he's the leading uh, he's statistic, statistically the greatest college quarterback of all time in statistics, pure statistics. So I was expecting like electricity, like him coming out guns blazing. I don't know if it's due to Matt Patricia. I don't know if it's due to lack of weapons. I don't know what it is, but he has not really done much. His only touchdown against Green Bay was a delay of game that wasn't called. And then, yeah, you look at the game against the Lions, but he only he put up a twenty four point six QBR. He didn't. He didn't really. He like like Zach or like Zach said, he just used play action. Like he didn't really do much. Um, I also agree. All the teams the Pats have lost to have been good, and they've kind of. I mean. Besides a blowout, they, they've kind of been pretty decent in all their games. You know, it's, it's just Pat's football. They, they slow it down and make it boring, and other teams fall into the lure of that of that slow football. Um, I'm going to go against you, though, Zach. I think the – I do agree the Browns' rush game sucks ass. Excuse me, the Browns' rushing defense sucks ass, but their rushing offense is arguably one of the best in the NFL right now, and it's extremely diverse, and they utilize it so well with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as you know, they can both catch and both run. So it's not like some of these other dual running backs where it's like, all right, he's in the game. It's going to be a pass. He's in the game. It's going to run. It really keeps defenses on their toes. I do expect the Patriots, like you said, to, to attack Jacoby Brissett. And this is why I think you're going to see Amari Cooper rise to the occasion. I think that he's going to, he's going to have to carry the load of, of getting Brissett comfortable and getting him out of these sticky situations in which the Patriots defense are going to try to cause him in. I think it's going to be a very boring, low-scoring game, um, as as honestly the almost every Patriots game kind of is. Um, I'm going to take the Browns minus two and a half, and let's let's hope Nick Chubb keeps being Nick Chubb. He's on my fantasy team, and goddamn, that man's been eating this year. Yeah, I agree with Grayson that the Patriots' three losses have been to three good teams. Um, does this mean that? The Browns are a good team and are going to beat the Patriots. I don't think so. I think the Patriots are going to come out of this, not because of Bailey Zapp, not because of the Patriots offense, 
or their defense. I think it's going to come down to Bill Belichick versus Kevin Stefanski. And Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the game right now. Right? I mean, this man is going to figure out a game plan to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt from going off, which is, you know, Nick Chubb's going to get his. Nick Chubb's going to get 100 yards. That's he's going to get 100 yards. He's going to get a touchdown. But if that's all that he gets, right? That's a win. That's a win. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like, right? I'm thinking like 17-10. Very boring game. No, it'll be, yeah, it'll 100% be a boring-ass game. And uh, I will say, since the Browns dominate the run game so much, it opens up a lot of things for Jacoby Brissett when they do play action. So you could be right with Amari Cooper. It could be David Njoku. I forgot about Njoku, yes. David Njoku has been getting targets past three games. He's had seven or more targets. So I think it's going to be actually a good game. It may be low scoring, but it's going to be a good game to watch. What's the pick, Matt McDonald? Pass money line, plus 126. All right, our next game. The three and two Jets going to Lambeau Field to play. The three and two Packers. Packers coming in at a minus seven and a half. Now, if you would have asked us before the season what you thought about this game, I'd have been like, "All right, I don't even care to talk about it." But it's kind of intriguing right now, and for some reason, the Jets have been having some. The, the teams of New York have been having some magic in their favor this season. Don't know why. Don't know what it is. Um, I've never been big on the Packers. My like ever. I've never really thought they're that good. And I'm going to even kind of go out on a limb here and say I'm kind of an Aaron Rodgers hater. You know, I, I don't – like, dude, the guy's a Hall of Famer. I'm not discrediting saying he's not amazing. But Tom Brady and him have the same amount of NFC championships, and Tom Brady's played in the NFC for two seasons. And you can you can bitch about your team. You can do this and that and, and yada, yada, yada. Bro, there's like – there comes to a point where it's like you got you to look in the mirror and take some accountability. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers just never does that. You know, and look, I'm not here just to rant on Aaron Rodgers. I just, I'm not big on Green Bay. What I'm trying to say with this is, I think this game is going to be a lot more interesting than people think. Um, I also don't think Zach Wilson is is anything special. I didn't even think he was that special at BYU. I, I, I'm not. I don't understand the hype about him. Um, and the issue is when you get a guy like him who's in the media for fucking milfs and stuff like that. There's a lot of attention and a lot of like following and love for him, but I don't think he's that spectacular of a quarterback personally. Um, fun fact of the game, Packers are 2-0 at home this season and the Jets are 2-0 in away games this season. Don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I don't really know what's going to happen in this game. The problem is whenever it's it's more than a, a one-score game for the Packers, I'm a little iffy because they haven't even won a game this year besides the, the Bears, who obviously suck, by more than one score. So – um, if I had to give my pick, I'm going to buy the half and I'm going to take Green Bay minus seven. I think, Go I think for it, Matt. Packers are a good team. Uh, they're, they're not great. I think they're in the middle, a little, little bit higher. I'd say they're just below the top ten. I don't think they're a top ten team. Um, partially, I think it's because they're going away from the run game, which uh, they have two, you know, uh, A.J. Dillon could be a starter on a lot of teams in the NFL, right? But he's behind Aaron Jones, who 
is very good, but they're not using them like they were last year. Um, Jets are mid middle tier. I'd say the lower of the half. Yeah, but honestly, um, sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Is that even bad, though, if you're a Jets fan, being a middle tier? No, it's not. And here's, here's the positive side with the Jets. Sauce Gardner is that guy. He is that guy. And so is Quinn and Williams. You know, they have – they're getting good draft picks. I think Garrett Wilson's good, too. When they got but, Jermaine Johnson also, he's just injured right now, but he was doing great before he got hurt as well. And I, this could be a hot take. But I wish that Joe Flacco was playing in this game. I would be really, I'd be way more confident seeing Jets plus seven and a half if Joe Flacco is in the game solely because he gets the ball to his wide receivers. Mm -hmm. If you look at the first three games that Joe Flacco played in, and then the last two games that Garrett, uh, not, not Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson played in. Every single wide receiver has gone down in receptions, down in yards, and uh, they're more favoring Brees Hall than anybody when Zach Wilson's playing. Um, kind of pisses me off because I have Garrett Wilson, and I thought he was going to be that guy, and he was. And then Joe Flacco got benched. Um, if Zach Wilson can get – the ball to his wide receivers. And if Brees Hall keeps doing what he's doing, I have no problem with the Jets plus seven and a half. It's a little bit of a risk because I don't know what Zach Wilson's going to do against the Green Bay Packers defense in Lambeau Field. Yeah, yeah I remember it is in uh, You know, he's a BYU guy. I mean, I don't know you know, what kind of atmospheres he played in in college. He didn't. He didn't um, play anything. Right? This is going to be the toughest atmosphere he's ever been in. Um, so, do I like Jets plus seven, seven and a half? Kind of. But I don't like Green Bay minus seven. All right, well, you got to pick something, Matt. You got to pick a pick. Oh, no, I, I, I am picking Jets plus seven and a half. I think Green Bay wins by a touchdown. That's why. Okay. All right. Um. I'm going to put this really short and sweet. Um, look, Jets, all three wins this year have come against backup quarterbacks. You know, they beat Kobe Brissett and the Browns, beat Mitch Kissing Titties and the Steelers, and they beat Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. You know, I think from the standpoint of the Jets, they're a little gassed up right now. Uh, I don't really see what the hype is with them. I don't understand why people are so big on them. Um, this line is a little bit little bit misleading um not positive on who to take but before i go into that i'll talk about the packers some of their struggles it's really just been the passing game um you know really don't have a confident number one out there i guess lazard can technically be the number one but he's not number one in terms of like a mod or sauce Gardner. excuse me he's gonna like just track them all game he's not gonna follow him around it's not really like yeah. worthy of that attention um you know dubes has kind of emerged as a solid rookie um, Watson hasn't really been getting involved outside of his drop in week one. Well, um, Watson, well, sorry to interrupt you, Zach. Watson is is done that drop in week one. Aaron Rodgers kind of gave him the stank eye, stopped throwing it to him, and then he's been in and out of IR. Like he's been hurt, not hurt. Now he's even questionable for this game. Yeah, um, yeah. Even Randall Cobb, you know, not the player he used to be. So 
for the Packers, it's just really struggling to find some consistent offensive weapons. I know they have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield, which is a good tandem to have. But on the opposite side, you know, the Jets have Brees Hall and Michael Carter. You know, that's nothing to scuff at either. Um, I will say, though, I am going to take Green Bay minus seven and a half merely for the fact that I think it's in Lambeau. And even though two of the three wins for the Packers this season have come by three points or less, I think this is the game they need to wake the shit, like, wake, wake the fuck up. Um, and the reason I say that is because I still view them as a playoff team, but the only way I'm going to view, view them as a playoff team is by burying the teams they're supposed to bury. And this is a game they have to bury their opponents. Um, it's in Lambeau. You're at home. You got to put the work in. Um, is this their second home game, third home game? I'm the not- third home game because the one against the Giants was in London. Okay, I'm not really counting that as a home game, but look, last time they played at home, that was against the Bears, or was that in? Yeah, they're two and zero at home. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, who it was against. Either way, two and zero at home. They've played a lot better when they're actually in Lambeau. Um, so it that's was what I'm Patriots. expecting. Oh, it was the Patriots. Yeah, that was just lackluster. Yeah, that was kind of whatever. But um, you know, personally, I think the Jets are pushovers. This will kind of be their slap in the face to wake up to reality to make. Fans realize where they actually are as a team, so I'll take Green Bay minus uh, seven and a half. Yeah, before we move on to the next game, Zach, I just want to say that was an extremely good description of, of what they need, um, and that kind of goes back to when we were talking about Florida State in the beginning of the year. Like, yeah, we mm-hmm. really should beat these shitty teams, but it's not about winning those games. It's about proving a point, and that's kind of what this game is for the Packers. You know, just beating the Jets isn't good enough. You're supposed to win this game. You need to destroy them. You know, that's what they their whole team kind of needs this – they need this, like, boost up a little. Because I feel like right now the Green Bay is trying to still find their identity. You know, they're used to being a powerhouse. And right now it's like, are we still a powerhouse? Are we not? They're kind of, like, in the middle. And I think, like what you said, Zach, them going out there and beating the shit out of the Jets is really going to wake them up and be like, all right. And that could really help them out throughout their next couple of weeks in the NFL. Yeah. Our, our next game, uh, the 2-3 and three Jags going to the 2-2-1 two, two and one Colts. Colts are coming in at a minus 2.5 favorite. I'm going to be super short and sweet about this one because I could give a fuck about this game. Um, Taylor's still listed as questionable. He only had a limited session in practice today, which is Thursday. Um, I honestly don't think it really matters if he plays or not because he hasn't like – what I wrote down is exactly how I feel. They don't know how to utilize him. It's like they they don't have a strategy. Like you have the best running back in the game. They either overdo it with touches and then they the teams just game plan for it or they don't give them touches at all. So it's like they don't really understand what they're doing. And and the other thing I want to point out, too, with the Colts is they were supposed to – going into this year, and I think we can all agree on this, they were argued to have the best O-line in the NFL going into this season. And it was like Matt Ryan's going to do so well because he's finally getting protection that he didn't get with the Falcons. Jonathan Taylor, it doesn't matter that they know how good he is. He has a great O-line. And to be completely honest, they're playing like one of the worst O-lines in the NFL right now. They're doing horrible. I feel like every single week I'm seeing a video of, of – uh, what's Nelson getting destroyed off the O-line. And he's supposed to be this like Hall of Fame future offensive lineman. And I'm not saying he, he's not and he's not going to be, but it's just the amount of hype their O-line had going into the season is nowhere near what they're performing at right now. Um, I also think another thing that's hurting the Jags, I remember when these two teams played earlier in the year, the Jags blew them the fuck out, like destroyed them. Um, it was in Jacksonville, though. The Jags aren't looking like how they, they did in those their two wins. They're starting to look more like the Jags recently. And also, I think another thing that's hurting them, Zach, is, is something you talked about too, is they're trying – they're forcing too hard to make the Robinson-ETN duo instead of just letting Robinson get, get warm, in my opinion. When they were rocking with Robinson, he was killing it. He was Their offense was doing great. It, but I feel like 
they're forcing the ETN Robinson duo. And it's kind of, I don't know if it's throwing them off rhythm or, or it's, it's hurting the strategy. I don't know what it is, but when they're both being utilized the, the equal amount, it, their offense seems to be lackluster. Um, boring ass game. I'm definitely not going to watch it, but I'm going to pick the Colts just because it's at home. And the, and the trend is the Colts kind of started off shitty and Jack started off hot. And now it's kind of going the opposite direction. That's all I got to say about this game. Yeah. This is a complete mid off. This is the worst game that we have. I mean, it's just as bad as it looks on paper as it's going to be. I mean, it's the Jags and Colts, right? And to go back to your O-line, you know, problems with uh, the Colts, look what happened to Andrew Luck. They've never, in my opinion, had a great O-line except for last year, right? Mm-hmm. Apparent, they were, like, apparently really good. Now I'm starting to think that Quentin Nelson isn't Quentin Nelson anymore. I mean, I don't know if you watched the whole game last Thursday. That was like, I've never seen Swiss cheese like I have with the Colts offensive line. Like, I think I could have gotten a sack last week. Um, Jags, like you said, beat the shit out of the Colts. That's not going to happen again. There's no way. Um, 58% of the public is on Colts minus two, which isn't, you know, that's not a lot, you know, compared to like 80% of the public on something. So I'm going to ride with the public and go uh, Colts minus two. Yeah. Um, look, when they played in week two, Colts were without Michael Pittman or Alex Pierce, who have emerged as they're kind of like one and two targets for their offense. Um, and they just couldn't move the ball at all the entire afternoon, whether it be run game, passing game, like just not working out at all. Um, now on the other side of things, though, Trevor Lawrence in week two had a field day. Um, he threw for a career high 83.3%, um, pretty much was doing whatever he wanted, threw for 235 yards and two tutties. You know, that's kind of exactly – that's like the perfect – written up thing you wanted for them. They got a shutout. Everything just went right for the Jacks. Now, since then, the Colts are surrendering just 18.8 points per game. They're holding opposing quarterbacks to an average of 216 passing yards a game. And in the Frank uh, Frank Reich era, the Colts are undefeated at home against Jacksonville. So, stars are kind of aligning right now for the Colts to win this game. Look, everyone loves to shit on Jonathan Taylor right now. And I understand it's garnered deserves it whatever you take last year and this year Jonathan Taylor was the same ranked running back last year at this point in the season as he is now and last year he went from the third like 30th ranked running back to the number one overall back in the league these last seven eight weeks so if you want to keep doubting him out you want to sell him out on your fantasy teams you want to trade him away by all means go for it may help you out may not I'm just saying if history repeats itself you're gonna look like a fucking idiot um, and if there's a team to get things going against, it would probably be the Jacksonville's team. You know, Jacksonville's defense is nothing to scoff at, nothing to push over. But, you know, this is the point of the season where teams are dealing with injuries. You know, they're a little fatigued. They don't really have your front four in there the entire game. And this is where that Colts line can finally kind of find their rhythm. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, but, yeah, I think the smart decision here is just to go with Colts minus two and a half. I don't see the Jags sweeping the series. Um, and the spread's just too small to decide on a money line. Yeah, so I'll, I'll rock with Colts minus two and a half here. 
I agree. And uh, I took Jonathan Taylor. I had the number one overall pick in my draft, and I was deciding between Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Cooper Cup. And I picked Jonathan Taylor. And I'll tell you what, as of right now, he is not playing anywhere near that. My running backs are Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. You'd think I'd be just like, I'd be amazing. But Jonathan Taylor is giving me eight to 12 points a week. Like, it's Imagine just. Imagine if you picked Eckler. Yeah, I know. Oh, Cup, honestly, Cup should have gone number one in every league. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, like Zach said, I'm, I am rocking with Taylor. I do think he can develop it and get there. And I don't think it's entirely his fault. Um, but. Well, we're going to – this is a – I think I think Zach – Zach nailed the hammer the, – the nail on the head – hammered the nail on the head <laughs> with this. This is a game that Jonathan Taylor needs to eat to prove his worth. You know, this, this is a is game revenge game. he needs to pop off. You know, kind of like how Green Bay needs to beat the shit out of the Jets. Jonathan Taylor needs to have a good good game this game. Um, yeah, so my ne- the next game, Vikings 4-1 and one going to the 3-2 and two Dolphins. Vikings coming in at a minus three. All I gotta say is Vikings are gonna win. I don't. I don't think the Dolphins are gonna do anything without Tua. I think Teddy's good as a game manager and for a game or two, but I don't think he's gonna do anything spectacular. And I feel like the Vikings get so much shit for uh, Kirk Cousins, and I don't think he's like he's not spectacular, but he's really not that terrible. They gotta feed Dalvin though, and when they feed Dalvin, they win. You know, when they feed Dalvin, they win. So feed Dalvin, open up your play action pass, abuse Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen will be there in the short as well. I think I think the Vikings will have a, a pretty solid day, but my fantasy team needs Tyreek to pop off. I really, really need it this week. So if if it could be a shootout, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I just don't know what's going to happen. Tyreek only got me thirteen last week, which is pretty solid for a receiver, but he was getting me like thirty five before that. So you know, I think Vikings are going to win it pretty handedly, and I think I, I yeah, I just think without two other, there's not the same threat. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback when he's playing at 1 p.m. There's no one better than Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m. But if he if this was a primetime game, I'm all over the Dolphins. Um, but this is a Justin Jefferson – I mean, this is a classic Justin Jefferson two TD game and uh, the over. I mean, I can feel it. I have Justin Jefferson in my league. That's and, why. <laughs> no, and I'm telling you what, it is uh, – it's it's coming, and I think it's this week. Um, I think they're going to make a statement on being one of the better teams in the NFL. I've been saying this. I think the Vikings are going to the conference championship. Whoa. Bold I've been, I've prediction, Andy McDonald. I've been saying this, and you can quote me back when it, com- when it comes to reality. Um, I just think Dalvin Cook staying healthy – and Justin Jefferson, and everyone's forgetting Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen dropped to like the eighth or ninth round in my league, which is crazy. Um, yeah, and McDaniel's did say that Tua is not playing. There's no shot. Oh, dude, and they're so, gonna take their sweet ass with, time with him. Yeah, the shit that happened with Tua not playing, I can't. I can't see this this random uh, guy. I don't it's even Teddy, know his it's name. Teddy Bridgewater. It's not. No, no it's, it's not. Oh, it's not even Teddy B. Skylar, no, Skylar Thompson starting. Oh, dude, then yeah. fuck that. They're done. This is. I think. I think either way, it's the over because I think the Vikings may score thirty-five points. Um, uh, that's all I gotta say. Vikings money line or their, their spread, whatever it is, minus three. And over. Yeah. And over. Um. 
Yeah, look, rookie Skylar Thompson is going to get the start for the is this kid the from? golf. <laughs> um, ass, ass dick university. Who gives a shit? Um, this kid doesn't have a shot. Um, feel bad for him. Look, Skylar, if you want to not piss off everyone in the world, force feed to a like your life depended on it. Tariq, um, Tariq, Tariq. Is that what I now said? The Tua. Oh, my bad. Tariq, whatever. Um, <laughs> Hit him on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm obviously the one dealing with the concussion here. Um, but seriously, just force feed Hill. Get it to Waddle sometimes. I don't give a shit. Just find a way to put up some form of points. Resemble somewhat of an offense so Mike McDaniels doesn't look like a complete fucking idiot. You guys started 3-0, and and now you're back to being exactly what everyone thought you were. Um, but look, Dolphins defense has allowed the fourth most points in the NFL this season. They're dog shit at it. They just can't play it. Mike McDaniels only cares about offense. It's the only thing he's ever cared about. And now that he doesn't have a quarterback, I don't think he cares about anything. Um, on the other hand, for the Dolphins or for the Vikings, I think what's going good for them is Cook is finally getting to return to his hometown and play in Miami. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's excited about that. Um, and his kind of bruising running style favors him more in second halves. You know, if the Vikings ever have a lead going into the second half of games, this is where he kind of separates himself as one of the better backs in the league because once he hits that, like, 20 carry threshold, he kind of takes off because his speed lasts way longer in the games. Lines can't catch up to him. Secondary can't really wrestle him down anymore. You know, when you're fatigued, he's – He's more that wear and tear kind of back, and I think that favors him extremely well. And he's going to be playing with a purpose in front of his hometown. Um, so with that being said, I think Dalvin, anytime touchdown is almost a guarantee. Over 100 rushing yards, pretty much a, a lock. But um, to touch on what Matt said, I don't know how you can say Kirk Cousins, if he wasn't playing at 1 p.m., you would be on the Dolphins this game and then say in the same breath that they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. Kirk Cousins <laughs> sucks. So goddamn bad in the playoffs. This this is exactly what's gonna happen. They're gonna get because to the it's prime time. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get to the divisional round, and then Justin Jefferson's gonna get locked down by whoever number. Dude, I'm so tired of the Jay Jettas overhype. He plays shit teams and goes off, and then disappears for two to three weeks, and then comes back every two to three weeks to be like, oh my god, he's a top ten receiver. He's like, pretty. He's pretty. Yeah, like, bro, I had I had no idea why this man out of nowhere was just like, this man is the fifth overall fantasy player in every league, and if you're not drafting him with your first pick, you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, what has he done to prove that? What? I, I want to know. Did, did think, Dalvin I Cook die? That is because of the hype that McDaniel uh, – not, not McDaniels, the new coach for the Vikings is a pass-heavy guy. And so everyone was like seeing what Cooper Cup did, and they go – they're going to do the exact same thing with their Cooper Cup, which is Justin Jefferson. But what we're seeing is, is C Cooper Cup got past the ball because he's open every play. Because he has he's showing himself this year that it wasn't a fluke of what happened last year. This man gets open. Justin Jefferson has gotten locked down a couple games, right? I don't think Cooper Cup will get locked down all year. I don't think he will either. But, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota. Um, if I could, I would take Minnesota. I would even look at some of the teaser lines, Vikings minus six, Vikings minus ten even, if you're feeling so inclined. Um, you know, I, 
I don't know, dude, that's such a tracking. Like, why is it minus three? Why is it even that close? Like what, what do the Vikings have that resembles even a smidgen of an offense? I think it's because the Dolphins are undefeated at home. I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's why. Regardless, Vikings minus three, I, I think it's too easy. Um, but yeah, we can move on from that. Yeah, so our, our next game, sorry. I was someone's blowing on my phone. Bengals coming in at two and three at the Saints, two and three. Bengals coming in at minus 1.5. Matt, you want to start us off? Because uh, you seem to be pretty intrigued about this game. I am. I love this game. I really do. I think if, if I had to choose a game to watch at 1 p.m., I think it'd be this game. I think uh, – both teams are two and three, and they should be three and two, in my opinion. I think these are both this, – this game is going to – either team is going to push them in the right direction. I think it's going to give them some motivation and uh, some confidence going into the other games. Um, I love watching Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. Uh, those two guys on the Bengals – are ferocious. Trey Henderson, uh, shout out, FAU alum. Probably the best FAU uh, defensive player to come out of there. Yes. Which, right. you know, honestly, it's it's props to him. He is good. Um, and I love the fact that, uh, you know, you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd against Olav, Landry, and Thomas. Mm. Um, Right? Mm-hmm. Thomas isn't playing. Thomas, Olave, Jarvis, Thomas, and Lattimore all did not practice today. So James they're most Winston, likely. Well, Jameis Winston was limited, and Taysom Hill didn't practice. Well, if all those players don't play, I won't be watching this game. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't know if anyone will be watching it. Um, Cole Joffrey will be watching it. <laughs> shout out Cole Joffrey. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Have you heard Tyran Matthews' name at all this year? I've only seen him get penalties. I thought the Saints were going to be disgusting on defense. And besides the Bucks, have they looked like a great team on offense, on, on defense? No. Um, and did they even look that great on defense against the Bucks, or did the Bucks' offense look like shit? I think it's, I think it's both. I think um, – I, I know we'll, we'll touch on the Bucks' offense soon. Um, but you, I mean, we, we always know that the saints and bucks, you know, go back and forth. Um, but I really, I thought the chiefs were idiots for getting rid of Tyron Matthew. I thought a lot of teams like the bucks and, uh, Packers or the bills could have easily gotten Tyron Matthew and been the best defense in the league. Um, but I guess there's a reason why they weren't pursuing him. Uh, just haven't seen anything. Uh, and then the big question of the day is, is Taysom Hill going to do what he did last game no. to the same extent or just a little bit lower? Uh, or is he just going to flop like he has the other three games that he's played? Um, I think this is a coin flip of a game. Uh, but when I flipped the coin, it said uh, Bengals money line. So that's what <laughs> Um. Uh, I was big on the Saints going into this year. I even told Zach that. I was like, dude, Jameis fixes his interception problem. They got a very good defense. They gave him great weapons on offense. Like, I was really big on them. And then I don't know if it's – I mean, it's. I kind of want to say it's injuries was the reason why. 
I mean, Jameis, like we said, Hill didn't practice, Olave didn't practice, Landry didn't practice, Michael Thomas didn't practice, and Jameis didn't practice. Like, that's their whole freaking offense, dude. So I'm going to rock with the Bengals minus 1.5. There's just too many injuries and what-ifs for the Saints that even, let's say, that all those guys do play, they're not 100%. That's, you're not getting the same Olave, and you're not going to get the same Taysom Hill. You're not going to get the same Jameis, you know, especially when they're, they're concerned every route they run or every snap about getting hurt. You know, you, you play different when you're worried about getting hurt, you know. So I just don't think – I think the Saints season's kind of done. I don't, I don't see anything coming out of them. They'll probably beat the Bucs because they always take one from them somehow, but uh, I, I like the Bengals in this game. Also, before you go, Zach, I'm sorry, how hilarious was it in that interview of uh, of Joe Burrow and the guy coughs and he got scared? It's like the O-line is giving him PTSD of freaking everything. <laughs> Happens. Um, look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Y'all pretty much touched on the points I was going to bring up. Taysom Hill is not going to have a back-to-back performance like that. They'll probably be more catered around – um, his performances, so they'll be able to stop him. Um, we talked about the injuries for the Saints with Olave, Jarvis, Thomas, and Lattimore all being non-participants throughout practice this week. You know, we really don't know the safety um, of those guys and whether or not they're going to be able to perform to their fullest capabilities. As for the Bengals, though, look, this is going to be pretty easy. Joe Burrow is finally returning to Louisiana. He's back in his own college town where he won his Heisman, where he's played his best ball at. It's time for him to regain some momentum. I think Zach Taylor has kind of fucked over this offense in regards of trying to overcomplicate things. You know, I think he's taking too deep of a dive mentally into what this Bengals team needs to be doing. And what actually needs to be happening is he needs to be like, hey, Joe, see Jamar Chase over there? Throw him the fucking ball, you idiot. That's what needs to happen. I don't give a shit if you have to throw it out of your hands in one second. If you see the lines in front of you, say – Fuck it, Jamar down there somewhere, and heed that bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Because guess what? If you do that, if you do that, Jamar nine times out of ten is gonna have an over hundred yard receiving game. Probably get a tutty or two, and end up walking away from this. This yeah. is Jamar's probably biggest breakout game of the year, in my opinion. I see them getting back in stride. They're gonna go back to that playoff team they thought they were. Um, and that's kind of how I see it going down. I don't think the Saints really exactly. And to, and to support chance. your case with Jamar Chase, also real quick, um, I just rhymed right there by accident. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is not playing, so yeah, I mean. they're not even going to have a number one corner on Jamar Chase, who's arguably one of the best receivers in the league. Mm. Yeah, but uh, Bengals minus one and a half. Easy. I'm taking a lot of away teams this week. Pretty bold on my part, but at the same time, I don't care. Play good football, home or away. No matter what we pick, they're gonna our picks are gonna get fucked. So, <laughs> yes, you're gonna yes. experience you're gonna experience this very harshly, Matt. Your first I am the are gonna hit. I am the like, Kirk oh, Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> I am the Kirk Cousins of NFL picks. I will go eight and eight every week. Yeah, every week, dude, Matt. You're you're gonna you're gonna feel the experience, bro. Like when when you don't come and say your picks on the show, you go like 100 percent every time, and then as soon as you say it on the on the pod, and it's like. Out in the air, God's just like fuck you. Like you just get fucked every fucking I, week, dude. I, I threw a, uh, I picked every game last week, uh, spreads, and uh, like ten for like fifteen hundred or something like that, and uh, missed only the Seahawks game. Damn. Well, I hope that same luck for you for this week, brother. Yeah. So I just did the same thing. I was like, what's obvious. 
I'm just going to pick the the opposite. Right. Well, I'm glad you said that. That was the, the most. That was the most one obvious one that I picked. That was the most beautiful transition you could have ever had for me going into this next game. What's obvious? I'm going to go against it because in this Ravens three and two at the Giants four and one Ravens coming in at a minus five and a half. I'm doing exactly just that, Matt McDonald, and I'm giving <laughs> give me the Giants plus five and a half. Okay, it is way too obvious that the Ravens are a better team than them and the Ravens should kick their ass, which is why I think the Giants are somehow going to pull this out. And what I wrote on here, which is exactly how I feel, the Giants will get outplayed this entire game. Like if you watch this, the stats and look at the box score, you're like, holy shit, the Ravens are playing so much better football than them. And somehow the Giants will win because that has been a trend for both of these teams this year. The Ravens are outplaying everybody and losing games, and the Giants are getting mollywopped and somehow winning games. So I'm going to take the Giants plus five and a half. Yeah, I sound stupid as shit. I'm going to rock with it. On top of that, the Ravens have only had three out of five games. Uh, excuse me. Even if the Giants lose, Ravens have had three out of five games be one score. So even if they win, I could see it be my field goal. So I, I'm, I'm actually pretty confident in this. Shout out Dane Bell and Clarkson, the stove athlete, been destroying it as a rookie this year, which is unbelievable. Love the kids. So proud of him. Um, yeah. Give me the giants at home coming off a big win against green Bay in the UK giants plus plus five and a half, man. Near you, Zach. Uh, you got this one. Giants again are not favored. I don't know what Vegas is thinking. Like, I don't know what they're like, you know, when they have their meetings of, hey, what are we going to put them at or whatever? They never want to favor the Giants, but they're four and one. And uh, Saquon Barkley is performing well every single week. Um, if Saquon keeps performing, Daniel Jones is going to have wide receivers open. And um, I, I don't know why I like Daniel Jones. I'm for real. I think Daniel Jones is. Uh, a great running quarterback who I saw some passes last week that I go, he's got a good arm and he's accurate. Um, if they had like, let's say Odell comes back. I mean, they could actually be a really good team this year. Um, I was, they got, got Landon Collins back as well. I will say this. The Ravens have faced good teams pretty much all year. Um, Giants have faced semi-good teams. I would say best team they face probably the Packers. I, I don't think the Packers are great. Um, I think they're probably 12th. Um, but I think Mark Andrews is going to eat. Um, that man is, is besides Travis Kelsey, he's the best tight end in the league. And uh, when you have a tight end as your number one guy, that opens up so much, you know, for your wide receivers, for uh, your running backs. I think J.K. Dobbins maybe bounced back this week. I'm very disappointed about last week from him. Um, but I think I think the Ravens spoil the Giants. And you shouted out Dane Belt, and I want to shout out uh, Micah McFadden, who's also been playing well this year um, in some serious, uh, you know, moments. He's out there, so they trust him, which is really cool to see. Some Tampa natives, you know, playing well for a professional team. It's very cool to see. Um, with that being said, I originally said Ravens money line, but I love what you're saying about 
a field goal wins it. And if it's plus five and a half, I'm riding plus five and a half Giants until they prove me wrong. Glad to change your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I was up last night. We put Megamind on. And if you've ever seen Megamind, if you want to know how Titan gets his powers, because they took a little DNA and put it into some fucking random Joe Schmo, and he suddenly became really good. I think what the Giants did is they took the right nutsack of Eli Manning, plucked a singular hair, and made Daniel Jones eat it at a Duke practice facility. And he has <laughs> absorbed all of Eli Manning's powers. And that includes having a just better defense and staff around you to carry your ass. And a huge forehead. Yeah, and a massive forehead. Shout yeah. out Chad Powers. Um, one of the things that carries Daniel Jones is having Brian Dabble as your head coach because he's able to formulate some grade A bullshit to make you look not ass. And because he looks not ass, Giants fans are going to have to suffer through mediocrity while they will never get close to a Super Bowl. They will be just good enough but not shit enough to where Daniel Jones will never lose his job, but they will never make the goddamn playoffs. And if they do, oh. immediate bounce. Immediate bounce. Um, <laughs> let, me, let, let me get back to the game at hand, though. Look, the reason why Baltimore loses games this year is because they don't have a pass defense. Well, guess what? You don't need a pass defense when Daniel Jones doesn't throw for over 200 yards. He's a white Vic. He's a white Justin Fields, if I may say. Oh, I like that. All, I like that comparison. All, all Baltimore has to do, find Saquon Barkley and get him. Load the box. Because, Matt, you, you, you said something beautiful. You're like, you know, um, if they commit to the run, it's going to open up for Daniel Jones to throw to some wide open receivers. They don't even have wide receivers. They don't even have players. It's literally just Saquon and a bunch of disguises. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna look like they're literally Houdini. Mm. They're Houdini. It's gonna let let let's hide Saquon as much as humanly possible. And then at the end of the game, you look at the stat sheet and they're like, holy shit, they gave this man the ball every goddamn time. How did we not see it coming? Guess what? John Harbaugh is so stupid, he's not gonna fall for it. He's just gonna be like, we're going to blitz them every day. We are not gonna give them an inch. Remember the Titan style. Um, but yeah, look. Ravens are the fourth highest scoring team in the NFL, averaging 27.6 points a game. You would have to put a gun to my head if I was ever going to say the Giants were putting up 27 points a game. It's not happening. Um, and Ravens are 2-0 in road games this year and 19-7 and overall in road games started by Lamar Jackson. What did the Giants have to even stop Lamar Jackson? I wish I knew. Dane Belton, I hope you're the answer. I hope you can prove me wrong because I'm taking Ravens minus five and a half. And I... I have to stick with it. I'm, I'm saying we we talked about picking the easy and obvious picks. I'm not going to overthink anything. I'm just going to pick a week where I try to not be a smart ass. I'm just going to hey, do what's right in front of you. Do your job. Do your job. And my job is taking the Ravens minus five and a half. I like that. And you know I'm a big Lamar guy. I want him to come to Tampa next year. Love him. But there's only so much he can do for that team. You know he like he does everything and some, and they find a way to lose. You know. Uh. Um, this next game, I'm literally going to just say two things. The Bucks coming in at a minus eight at the Steelers. Bucks are three and two. Steelers are one and four. Steelers are 0 and seven without TJ Watt. Bucks are going to cover. Give me the Bucks minus eight. That's all. I, that's literally all I have to say. So the Bucks are trying to win their first time ever in Pittsburgh. It's their fourth try in four decades. Uh, they were going to play in 2020, but it was canceled. Um, 
Kenny Pickett is going to be going through the ringer this year. Uh, he just faced the Bills in his first ever game, got blown out. Um, I think the same thing is going to happen here. I think he's not ready for this Bucks defense. We got some dogs to be a little unbiased. Bucks have some dogs. Um, back to being unbiased. Tom needs time in the pocket. TJ Watt being out is huge. Um, I like. I still think there's three sacks for for, for Steelers. I think until the Bucks O line can prove that they can give Tom just two and a half seconds, I think something good's going to happen. Also, I think this is a Chris Godwin week. Um, Ooh, we want Mike Evans. We want Mike Evans. I just think this week, Chris Godwin's going to get a lot of touches. Um, I think Mike's going to score a TD like he always does. He should have scored last week. Um, I expect low scoring. I expect this to be like 17 to 7, right? Does that cover? Yes, it does. Tampa Bay minus 8. All right, look. Steelers are tied for 26 in the league in giveaways with 9. Um, six of those coming in the last two games with Kenny Pickett. So obviously not ideal for a rookie quarterback. And it especially doesn't help considering how aggressive this Todd Bowles led team is, you know, they pride themselves on their aggressiveness on defense. So I'd expect a, so many sacks and just an unrelenting amount of pressure um, for them. Another thing I'll say is without TJ Watt, Pittsburgh defense just isn't the same. I think we all know this. You talked about a grace and them being like, Oh, and seven, Oh, and eight at this point. And Matt talk, touched on it a little bit. Uh, Tom is finally going to get a little bit more um, pocket stability. I think another thing for the Steelers, just in hindsight, um, they've completely neglected their offensive and defensive line necessities on draft day. And it's, it's proven like they just don't have, don't have any form of rush and no form of protection. It's hard to build around. It's hard to build a team that way. You know, a team that was primarily built on success in the past. um, You'd, you know, you'd want to see them succeed typically, but, you know, they're in their down years and it's sad to see. However, um, you know, I'm going to take Steelers plus eight and this this is the only reason. This is literally the only reason. I know it seems so smart and easy to take the Bucks based off what they have, but based off what I've seen, Bucks haven't proved shit. I agree. They were one, they were one bad roughing the passer call away from getting beat by the fucking Falcons. When they were and up 21-0. And they were up 21-0. When they were up 21-0. And they almost lost to the goddamn Falcons. So I'm not putting no respect on this shit team that I'm seeing right now. I know, I know everyone has them as a top five team winning in the playoffs, all this shit, because it's, oh, it's Tom Brady. Look, I'm the biggest Tom Brady D-rider known to man. If I'm hating on this motherfucker right now, it's for a reason. This man is not playing up to standard. I know he's got all his weapons back, but prove it to me before I bet on you. Please prove me wrong. I would rather be wrong about the Steelers plus eight than I would being right. So I would love for you to do what you're supposed to do and win the game outright by a shit ton of points. But if you prove me wrong again, I'm going to be even more pissed. Or if you prove me right, I'm going to be even more pissed about being right about this pick. So yeah, give me Steelers plus eight. I completely agree with you, Zach. There's a there, there's this like this I don't know the word I'm looking for, but there's this like I don't know if it's stigma or hype or something going around about the Bucks being like legit and being a top five team. 
I, I'm going to go on a limb and say they're not even playing like a top 10 team right now. Now, their defense is playing like one of the best defenses in the NFL, 100%. They're not, they're not letting teams run all over them. But the problem is, is their offense is playing like dog shit. Leonard Fournette's getting negative yards. Tom Brady's not hitting anybody. The, when, when, you're, when you're going three and out eight drives in a row, yeah, your defense is going to get scored on. That's just how that works, you know, and I think that's really hurting them, and they're relying too much. When they won the Super Bowl, their defense was gross, but they didn't rely on their defense. They let their defense do their thing, and their offense helped them out. It was a, it was a mutualism. Right now, it's not mutualism. OK, right now it's the defense having to do everything. And that only lasts so long. And I don't know if it's the divorce. I don't know if it's the poor O-line. I don't know if it's a poor play calling. I don't know what it is, but this offense needs to fucking do something. And I don't know why every time I go on my my social media, it's like the Bucks are number five, the Bucks are number four. No, they're not. They're really not. They're not. They haven't done shit. And, the, and this is this is this game for the Bucks is the same game for Green Bay and the Jets. They need to beat the shit out of the Steelers to prove a point. And I agree with Zach. They have not proven any. They they haven't blown anybody out. They haven't blown a single team out yet. So I'll say this: I am still going to rock with my. I'm sorry, man. I'm still going to rock with my minus eight bucks. But I do agree with everything Zach said. They they haven't done shit to be considered a top five team other than having Tom Brady. Zach said something about um, how the Steelers neglected the offensive line um, in in the draft, right? And defensive line, I guess. which they don't really need help if they have T.J. Watt. Um, I think this year, more than any other year, I have noticed that teams who win Super Bowls and teams who go to the playoffs year after year, what do they have? They have a really good defensive and offensive line. It is, it is one in the trenches. I mean, 100%. I don't know why – everyone just doesn't pick O-linemen and, and defensive linemen in the first round. Like, I, like, if I was a GM, I don't give a shit who is my cornerback or wide receiver. I'm focusing on my offensive line and defensive line before anything else. I mean, I could have Davis Mills as my quarterback, but if he has the best offensive line, we're going we're, we're to win yeah. games. No, I completely agree. I think at the highest level and even in college, it comes down to the trenches. If you have the best offensive line and you have an NFL caliber average quarterback, running back and wide receiver, listen, there's still NFL caliber talent, but you're giving your quarterback, you're giving your running back holes this big and you're giving your quarterback eight seconds to pass, your offense is going to produce. If you have the best defensive line with average caliber NFL corners and linebackers, your D-line is going to stuff all the gaps on runs, and they're going to get to the quarterback in two seconds, which makes the DB's jobs and linebackers' jobs easier. But for some reason, we live in this world where people only give a shit about flashy players, and you see it year in and year out in the draft. They only care about quarterbacks because they're getting all this media attention. They only care about this. They only care about that. At the end of the day, where it's ugly is where it wins, and that's in the trenches. And I completely agree mm-hmm. with that, Matt. And in- Bucks got really unlucky at the start of the season in the preseason. I mean, what is it? Three of their offensive line got hurt at the start of the season, right? Ryan Jensen gone, right? Is is it the whole season? I don't yeah. know. It's it's whatever it's it is. Good. Whatever it is, it's hurting Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, you said I don't know if it's a divorce. I don't know if it's um, 
you know, the offensive line. I think more than anything, it's the offensive line and him getting used to where the holes are compared to what he, you know, knew where to, you know, when he drops back and he comes forward, he knew where to go. Now he's like, he's not used to it. Um, the divorce may have something to do with it. Um, if I was getting divorced by a supermodel, I'd probably be a little upset. Yeah. But um, I also would, in my head, I go, I'm Tom Brady. I'm like, I shouldn't be worrying about a girl, right? I don't know if it's that easy, man. Don't know if it's that easy. No, I, I also don't, you know. I mean, according to Ted, the man does have a golden penis. Or was it golden balls? I, no, it was unaware. <laughs> it was a golden penis? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on, how about a golden goose egg for a uh, absolute shit show? Uh, Panthers one and four at Rams two and three. Rams minus ten. Look, I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna go first here, just because it's kind of along the same lines as this Bucks game. Look, look, I I get Panthers fire their head coach. Matt Rule's gone. You'd think you'd be straight here. You know Baker's probably not playing either. That doesn't really help you, but you know. Think clear house, screw the rest of the season. Whatever happens, happens. You're fine. I, I just can't trust the Rams same way I trust the Bucks. You know, Matt Stafford really hasn't done it. I'm pretty sure the Rams have been outscored by the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I think you know, I could be wrong. I don't know completely. Um, but yeah, just two dog shit offenses. Um, I would prefer to take the Panthers plus 10 here just because I think the spread's too big. Cooper Cup may go off. For eight million yards, and I, I don't care. Whatever doesn't really impact me. Um, from the Panthers side of things, though, can you tell me a more overhyped team coming into the season than the Panthers? They're like, oh, you know, you're gonna get a pissed off Baker that's got something to prove, and you know, he's actually got weapons in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and all this. He's got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Oh my God, dog shit O line, dog. I mean. Defense projected to be one of the best in the league before the season. You know, you had Brian Burns, who was a dog. Um, you have JC Horn, who's like emerging. He's as, being a, he's a dog right now. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Emerging as a true dog. Like you have a lot of weapons and you just don't do anything. Like it sucks to see. Um, I will say though, I'm so happy for them that they got Matt Rule. But at the end of the day, it's their fault. It was your organization that decided to pay a head coach that had never coached a game in the NFL a seven-year contract, and now you're paying him $40 million to sit, sit his ass on the couch. Why? What, what did he prove to you? Why didn't you go out and try to sign Eric Bieniemy? you know, the, the Chiefs offensive guru who's proven in the NFL? I would have loved to know. You could have you gone the route of taking another Patriots coach, despite not having any, but – you could have taken a Patriots coach and just tried to do the Patriot way if you wanted to, but not. Nah, you decided, let's take a risk on a guy who, what, spent one year at Baylor? Yeah, I'm and yeah. He, he was a head coach at Baylor for two seasons, and he was a head coach at Temple for three seasons. And, and this guy what, wasn't even at a Power 5 school or, like, technically Power 5. His NCAA record was 47-43 and 43 and 1-2 in bowl games. I swear to God, if the Panthers don't trade Christian McCaffrey and save this man's sanity, I'm going to lose my shit. I need to see him on a playoff caliber team. Send Christian McCaffrey to either the Dolphins or the Bills. 
If he goes to the I Dildo, think the Bill the Bills want Saquon, I think. I think like the Bills should go for Kareem Hunt and get him at a low cost. I, I mean, say because Singletary is not doing terrible. I mean, look. Singletary's not doing bad, but if you want to compare him to Christian McCaffrey, look, you give Josh Allen. Oh, okay, I'm not doing that, Zach. I'm just saying he's not he's not bad. Yeah, I know, but you have the cap space and the picks to do it. You don't really need draft picks. You get a receiving back that can do that much for you. You can literally just run an A-rate offense. Screw Sean McDermott. Hire Mike Leach to run that goddamn team. They would yeah. never need to run the ball ever. <laughs> ever. But, yeah, that give, give me Panthers plus 10. I'm, I'm done shitting on the – city of North Carolina or the state of North Carolina. So I was going to go with Panthers plus 10. And my reasoning was, you know, they fired Matt rule. There's this weird trend in the sport of football where when you fire a coach, the team does better right after. I, I feel like that's like a, that's like a history thing. Um, also, I felt like, you know, the Rams don't blow anybody out. I think they're extremely overrated. And I think Matt Stafford, everyone shits on Matt Ryan for being washed. I think Matt Stafford is just as washed. I don't know why he has double the weapons. And he's playing like shit. The thing is that's, that's making me want to go back on this pick is I do not know who's going to play quarterback for the Panthers because Baker didn't practice today. Sam Darnold's on IR and Matt Crowell's on IR. So who the hell is going to play quarterback? So Christian McCaffrey. The, honestly, if he does, I would take Panthers plus 10. <laughs> I would. But I was going to take Panthers plus 10 just due to the fact that they – I literally don't know who their quarterback is. Oh, I know it is. Who? I know it is. Is it P.J. Walker? If it's P.J. Walker, I'm taking Panthers plus 10. P.J. Walker. Give me P.J. fucking Walker. It is. It is P.J. Walker. It is P.J. Walker. Give me, give, me, give me Carolina plus 10. I like P.J. Walker. Yeah, maybe. Give me Carolina plus 10. So my original thought today was exactly what you guys were saying. Rams don't look good besides Cooper Cup. Um, Panthers, they fired their head coach. That usually puts some fire in the, in the team, and so somehow they win, right? Um, but I told myself, like I did last week, going with my gut, and then I'm doing the opposite. And so uh, – Panthers fans, I don't know if you guys uh, travel well, but I don't know how many people are going from Carolina to Los Angeles. Um, it's a home game for the Rams. I think Matt Stafford is going to have a breath of fresh air. You know, he's been playing some some team where, you know, he's getting sacked. You know, like I said, offensive line. Terrible offensive line. He's getting sacked all the time. Um, but like I said, also, Cooper Cup cannot get locked down and will, will not get locked down. Um, I really – like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to place Cooper Cup, two touchdowns, Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns this week. Um, that's a lot of juice. It probably will go to, like, plus 1,000 or something like that. Um Panthers are a joke, in my opinion. With Baker, I don't know who this PJ guy is. Or I like whatever. I like PJ Walker um, a lot. If Baker was playing, I would say Rams have four picks tomorrow. Um, but like I said, my original thought: Panthers plus ten, going the opposite. 
Rams minus nine and a half. I'm buying half a point. Um, I think they'll win by 10. I had something saying I just completely blanked out. Oh, Matt, you're talking about it being a home game. Bro, you act like L.A. fans even go to L.A. games, bro. They when they played the Cowboys, they had to do a side yeah. count in their own stadium. All right, but the Cowboys travel well. It doesn't, I don't, regard, I don't know regardless, regardless, travel well. regardless of travel, the, don't act like L.A. has a good fan base. They're probably the shittiest fan base in sports. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I agree with you on that. Um, but like, like I'm saying is, I think it's more of Panthers fans not traveling well. Uh, compared to Rams fans, travel, uh, you know, showing up to their own home team. I respect that. I respect that. Our next game. Anyone else have anything to say on that game? Uh, no, but I do have something to say about the Seahawks. Well, you start us off, Zach Watts. So, Cardinals going up to Seattle, take on the Seahawks. Both teams are two and three. Cardinals are two and a half point favorites in this. Um, look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet just because I only have one thing to say about this game. Geno Smith. Put some respect on this motherfucker's name. This man's been in the league for so long. When, when he was announced as the starting quarterback, no one, no one said, oh, good for Geno Smith. You know, he's got the starting job. People were like, oh, oh, they traded for Drew Locke, and he's not even good to win the starting battle position. It wasn't that Drew Locke wasn't good enough to start the starting battle position. Geno Smith said, I'm tired of this shit. He said, Everyone has written me off for so long that I ain't even go right back no more. I ain't go right <laughs> back, baby. And if I don't know about you, I was seeing the videos of the passes he was making last week against the Saints. This man was on, like, if Tom Brady had intercourse with Michael Vick and had a love child, that is what Geno Smith was last week. That is what I was witnessing. I was witnessing the second coming of Jesus on that on that football team. Look. This may go down if the season finishes as it is now. This may go down as the biggest fleece in sports history for that Bronco Seattle trade because you gave away Russell Wilson, got so much in return just to take 32 year old Geno Smith and make you look even better than you did when you had him. So, because of that, I'm going to take Seattle money line. Buck the two and a half. I don't need it. Kyler Murray, you're a midget. It's probably a COD double XP point weekend. So go get on COD. I hope you never win a game of Warzone, you pathetic loser. Uh, learn to read a defense. Um, maybe they should incorporate some Call of Duty challenges where you can read a playbook because the man is looking like Jamarcus Russell. Dude, nothing, nothing reminds me more of Jamarcus Russell than Kyler Murray because the fact that they don't trust him and doing film, they had to put a film incentive in his goddamn contract because they were that positive he wasn't going the NFL over. starting quarterback. An NFL starting quarterback. You know what they did to Jamarcus Russell? They gave him a blank VHS and they were like, yo, tell us about the film. And he came in and he was like, Oh yeah, they were doing this, this. They're like, dude, we gave you a blank film and you yeah, couldn't I mean, even put it in. That's Kyler Murray to me. And how do you trust a man that wears an all green suit with platforms? I'm not doing it. Give me Seahawks money line. Geno Smith, carry me to the Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride with Zach on this one too. I think the Cardinals should be one and four. I'm the biggest Kyler Murray hater. I never thought he was that good. Um, I like Cliff Kingsbury as a dude. I think he's a cool ass guy. I think he's a shitty head coach. He never broke seven and five at Texas Tech, and then somehow gets a, gets fired. Dude, this is how insane this is. This is how the NFL makes no fucking sense. 
he doesn't break seven and five as a head coach in college football once. Okay. Gets fired as head coach and then gets hired as an NFL head coach. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't understand the hype on Kyler Murray. Everyone like they worship him there. They do so much to keep him and make him happy and please him. I don't think he's done shit. He's all potential. And as I said it now, and I'm going to keep saying it, potential doesn't mean shit. Show me what you have. Don't tell me what you can do. Show me what you can do. And like Zach said, the, the Russell Wilson finag- finagle, whatever, could go down as one of the craziest finesses in sports history. They literally are getting two teams worth of draft picks and are doing better. Like, like literally they're doing better. So I'm going to take Seahawks in this one too. And you know what? Zach Watts got me a little fired up with that little speech. Give me money line. Give me Seattle money line. See this guy? See this guy? <laughs> Dude, that is the greatest photo of all time, by the way. That is the greatest photo of all time. Corn ball. Every Corn single ball. time I see it, I die laughing. So you said you have one name, and I, I, I knew Geno Smith was going to be him, but in my head I go, Kenneth Walker. Mm. This man was really good in college football. I don't know a lot about college football. I know about the Gators. He should have won the Heisman last and, year, uh, in my personal opinion. And a little bit SEC, but I knew who Kenneth Walker was. Guy's disgusting, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to be the running back one there. As like out of the floodgates, I mean, last week Rashad Penny got hurt. He came in scored a touchdown, right? Um, the over written all over this game, right? It's like fifty five or something like that. Uh, I'm taking the under because twenty seven twenty one. It the under hits, you know. Um, which I don't think 50 is and a half. it's 50 and a half, 50 and a half under still hits 27 to 21. Right. Uh, that battle. Of the birds. I love, I love the battle of the birds last week. It was Eagles versus C, uh, uh, Cardinals um, this week, Cardinals versus Seahawks. But I did watch the Eagles uh, Cardinals game. Cardinals are not bad. Um. I don't, I don't think they're bad. I mean, you saw how after the Eagles scored 14 unanswered, Cardinals fought, right? I just want to name off some teams real quick. Uh, the Broncos, the Lions, uh, Raiders, and Panthers. What do we think of those uh, teams? Suck. Suck. All, all four of them suck. Well, those are – the wins by both these teams. Yeah, I know. I said I said that both both okay. both these teams have only beaten shit teams. Yeah, right. But let me name some uh, some other teams real quick: Chiefs, Rams, Eagles, right? Uh, 49ers, Falcons, Saints. Which out of those? You know, I just said three and three. Which out of those? I, I, those I just I know I know. Yeah, Cardinals. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, not 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 for you for the audience as well. Um, Cardinals have played better teams, um, not lost by a lot. I think – I just I just don't know about the Seahawks. I really don't. Um, I like Geno Smith. I like Kenneth Walker. But the Seahawks – Kyler Conrad is going to pull this one out. I'm picking Cardinals my line as my uh, 
final say. Nice. Now our next game is without an argument, the best game of the weekend. Must watch TV. Battle of the foreign ones. Battle of arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Bills at Chiefs. Bills coming in at a minus two and a half. Such a great fucking game. Isaiah McKenzie's returning for the Bills. By the way, story time, side note, we're going to do a little side side quest real quick. I have Isaiah – so I'm in two leagues. I'm in a regular 14-man league, and then I'm in a Superman 32-man league where you only start five guys because you it's 32 fucking teams. Like, every starter's taken. So Isaiah McKenzie was questionable. He's in my 32-man league. I'm, I'm four – I was 4-0 going into this week, going into last week, all right? He's questionable all week, and I was like, you know what? He's probably going to play. Uh, he, he practiced. I don't want to put Alec Pearson. He hasn't really proved <clears throat> anything to me yet. I'm going to rock with Isaiah McKenzie. As soon as the game starts, they announce he's not fucking playing. <laughs> so I only have four people playing in a five-person league. So I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. And then on top of that, let's make things even worse. Cooper Rush was my quarterback. He got three fucking points. So I'm like, oh, there it goes. I'm number two in the league. About to drop out. I, I was 4-0. And then a man, you call, him, you call him a myth, call him a legend, a man by the name of Joshua Jacobs <laughs> going into the Monday night football game with Isaiah McKenzie getting me zero points because he doesn't fucking play and Cooper Rush getting me three points, okay? I'm down by 29.6, and Josh Jacobs gives me a 30-piece, and I stay 5-0 and and become the number one team in my fucking league. So – this pod is shout out to you, Josh Jacobs, and fuck the the Bills head coach for waiting till the last second to announce Isaiah McKenzie was hurt. Okay, I want to go back uh, to the game though. My side side quest story is over. I've low key became a Chiefs fan, um, in 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 two aspects. One, I've always been a big Andy Reid guy, even when he was with the Eagles. I like Andy Reid. I think he's a very wholesome dude, and I think he's he's. When he was with the Eagles, he was an underrated coach. I think he just needed the proper pieces, and he should obviously has shown that he's a fucking damn good coach with the Chiefs. Um, so I'm a big Andy Reid guy. The other thing is, I don't know, I don't know if it's just me that feels this way. Or I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I feel like all season there's been no love for the Chiefs. There's been like honestly kind of disrespect. Like people just forgot how good they were, and they come time and time again. They play great fucking football, dude. And, and I have Patty on my fantasy. He's done nothing but bless me as well. The Colts game's a fluke. It's the NFL. Shit happens. But for the most part, they've done nothing but balled out this year. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. But I think the one thing that's been helping the Chiefs success this season more than the other seasons is they're finally utilizing a run game. And they're getting McKinnon the ball more, which is helping them. Because Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not a good running back. He's a good receiving back. Okay. Utilizing McKinnon, fun fact about McKinnon, by the way, if we're going to dive into my college football knowledge, played at Georgia Southern in which he saw snaps at quarterback, fullback, running back, and wide receiver. So he is about as utilized as you can get, okay? So I think using him helps get a lot of pressure off of Patty and off of Kelsey, which makes their offense that much scarier. I think it's going to be a great fucking game between two extremely talented teams, probably two of the best teams in the NFL. But if I'm going to, if I'm going with my gut, sorry, my dog is going crazy right now. If I had to go with my gut and I had to pick, I'm going to take the chiefs minus two and a half. It's at home and they've been do, playing nothing but beautiful football recently. 
Fair enough. I don't know why um, this is not the Monday night game, by the way, before you talk, Zach. It's because of the rivalry with the Dallas Eagles game. Well, no, I'm yeah. saying Monday night. Monday night is Broncos Chargers. Like, how, how do you sit there and go, okay, Bills are playing the Chiefs, you know, this week or week, week six, uh, Monday night game? They're both going to be good. Like, I'll say it from this perspective. When they make the scheduling before the season started, um, based off preseason rosters, if you would have told me that the Broncos were going to be this goddamn ass, I would have said you're an idiot. I would have said there's no way. Dude, it, for me, I had, I had them projected being first or second on the division based off their roster from last year and what Russell Wilson was. Um, you know, and based off the scheduling, you know, the Chargers are supposed to be a team that were supposed to make those extra steps. You know, Herbert was supposed to be that guy this year. So it would have been a great matchup had the season gone as they were supposed to, you know, um, chiefs bills. That's just another great, like you couldn't ask for it any better to have them at a Sunday game, to have them at a Sunday at four twenty-five game, knowing you have a Sunday night game. That's a rivalry where, you know, the Cowboys are supposed to take this next step with Dak, but you know, he's been injured. Um, Eagle surprisingly are five and zero, but outside of just the scheduling issue and why this isn't Monday night, I'll get into the game at hand. Um, Look, from the Chiefs' perspectives, if you want to look at their actual schedule and the reason they haven't been getting any respect, as Grayson touched on, you lost to the Colts. You're in a three-point game with the Chargers, who've played piss-poor defense all year that you should have hung a 40-piece on. You played a Bucks team that, outside of playing the Chiefs, hasn't come to put up more than 24 points except putting a 30-ball on the Chiefs, which should never have happened. You're playing, a, you're playing a Bucks team who hasn't been able to do anything. I don't know what happened there. And if Josh McDaniels didn't suck off his own PC and analytics department, like goddamn Plankton and his wife. Um, you'd act, you may be looking at a team that's what three and two, two and three in some regards. So I can understand why the hate's coming to the chiefs in some aspects. I will say though, they are a great team. So long as they have Patrick Mahomes, the man is literally uh, a grace on the football field. He's always awesome to watch. Uh, Grayson talked about the emergence of McKinnon in the backfield. You know, I think he's way more of a power back um, than Clyde is. You know, I think you should bring Clyde into the game, kind of how Washington uses him. Um, you know, McK- kind of how Washington uses McKissick. You know, only have Clyde in for passing downs and targets to eat up targets in that regard. You know, he's great in the passing game. He runs great routes. He's open in that regard. But to be honest, when you have him on the field, he can't run in between the tackles. He doesn't have the strength to break those D linemen. He's not going to be able to run over anyone in the secondary. But what I saw out of McKinnon, that man is a machine. That man is a workhorse. He has plenty of stamina. He has plenty of strength. He can juke, stiff arm, truck. He can do whatever it takes to get the yards he needs. That's what you want to see to have the to have opposing defenses respect your run game enough to where they have to commit to it. You saw how successful he was because Travis Kelsey ended up hit, having four touchdowns in the red zone because they were so committed to the run that deep uh, – deep on their own goal line, that they had to commit to the run. And that's why Kelsey was left open. Um, in regards to the Bills, though, and this is why I'm going to take Bills uh, minus two and a half here. Look, Bills are one of the best teams in the league. Um, plain and simple. It seems like every other week they have a new weapon that just emerges as like a top threat. You know, Gabe Davis last week put on an absolute show. Um, he's a beast. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is back. As we said, he's been doing a lot of good things. Devin Singletary is solid when needs to be. A guy who we haven't called his name at all this year, who was kind of a huge proponent last year, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was solid last year. It has kind of just gone like under the radar. And it isn't because I don't think he's gotten worse or regressed in any regard. 
I think it's because the Bills just have so many weapons that it's pretty much pick your poison. And to be honest, Stefan Diggs going to pretty much win his routes. We saw that when he absolutely torched Jalen Ramsey, who since then has been an absolute beast like we knew he would be. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the Bills have been more proven in all their wins. Um, you know, I, I forget what their loan loss was. I'm sure it'll come to me or you guys will know. But uh, outside of that one loan loss, they've Dolphins. played extremely solid. Yeah, the Dolphins, which was just shit show of a game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just seems like the Bills have this. I know it's at Kansas City. Kansas City is always a tough environment to play at. But, I mean, hey, Josh Allen's looking to sling it. Patty's looking to sling it. Honestly, the winner of this game is the fans. So that's all I can really say. Uh, avoid betting on this game by all means. There is no guarantee in this. Um, I don't even know what the over's at, but that might even be a risk. Uh, but yeah, just for prosperity, prosperity sakes, I'll take Bills minus two and a half. So I got some fun facts. Mahomes is three and one against uh, Josh Allen, uh, two and zero oh in the playoffs, um, and the public, sixty six percent of them is on. Bills minus two and a half. Um, I was like looking at the public because usually if it's really high in the eighties, it's an auto fade. Mm -hmm. Sixty six, I say is borderline. Um, It's almost fifty percent. Yeah, almost fifty percent. It's borderline uh, even. Um, I don't like the over. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Zach, it's way too high for this Bills really good defense. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, Vaughn, it is crazy to see how Vaughn Miller can change a defensive line. I mean, I think we're taking Vaughn Miller for granted after seeing him uh, with the Broncos, uh, winning them a Super Bowl pretty much. Yeah, um, basically, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then going to the Rams and elevating the Rams defensive line. Uh, to a completely different level. I mean, having Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller on the same team was unfair. Cheat code. Uh, Yeah, it was a cheat code. Um, And Kansas City's defense, I don't think, is terrible. Um, This is definitely the hardest pick for the week. And I actually was sitting there when I was making my picks. I said, this is – I'm going to be thinking of this on the spot. I have nothing written down for who is going to win. And uh, after, you know, hearing what you guys said, I, and also seeing Mahomes as three and one against Allen, I think it kind of evens up a little bit because these are two Hall of Famers we're talking about. I mean, Josh Allen has never had the stats that Patrick Mahomes has had. Um, But, you know, some people start slow. Peyton Manning started very, very slow. Um, Patrick Mahomes did not start slow. He started out, hot out of the gate and hasn't slowed down. Um, Everyone uh, at the start of the year was like, oh, they don't have Tyree Kill, like whatever. Like, he doesn't need Tyree Kill. Uh, If they got rid of Kelsey, it's a different story. Um, But like I said with Mark Andrews, having a tight end as your number one guy opens up everything Um, because you got, you know, your wide receivers on the, on the outside that can just go straight up, uh, straight down the field, do a slant that crosses over with Kelsey, and they're going to be wide open because they're going to double Kelsey. And then uh, and then the run game, you know, if they 
if they can get a run game with McKinnon, um, it's going to be hard to beat them. Uh, but I think the Bills uh, will pull this out and uh, crawl back uh, to uh, Allen being a two and three against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the only thing I want to state real quick is Zach talked about the Bucks game with the Chiefs. I know it was a 10-point game, but if you watch that game, the Chiefs beat the shit out of them. It wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't close like that. Like the Chiefs completely dismantled them. Mm. Um, our next game, do one of you guys want to start this one off or you want me to take this one? I mean, I, I smell an upset. Um well, you gotta announce the game, Matt. The fans don't know. Sorry, sorry. Eagles, Cowboys in Philadelphia. And I smell an upset if it was in Dallas. Um, but Philly at home, undefeated against the rival Cowboys. I can't think of a more hyped-up atmosphere um, than what's going to – and Sunday night even too, you know. People are going to be going crazy. And uh, I think this is Jalen Hurts. I think this is the game where he can prove if he is on a different tier of elite status or if he's just really good. Um, if the Eagles win this game, I think they could have one loss the whole season. Um, they look great on defense. They have a great offensive line. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts is a playmaker. Uh, you got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, right? You got offensive weapons with a QB who can run for 100 yards the game, you know. Um, I think Cooper Rush uh, is good, but, I, you know, he's undefeated, right? I think this is his first loss. Um, I think it's going to be very hard to go into Philadelphia uh, with that atmosphere Sunday night undefeated for the Cowboys, um, you know, to to beat this, you know, the best team in the league, I think, besides the Bills. Um and I also think Mike McCarthy will somehow figure out how to lose this game, whether it's clock management at the end of the game, whether it's not giving uh, C.D. Lamb enough uh, passes or uh, giving Zeke the ball instead of Tony Pollard. Um, he's going to screw up and Philly's going to win. Yeah, so um, I, I'm tired of hearing that Cooper Rush is this next coming of a god. Yeah, he's undefeated, but even when they won last week, he played like dog shit. He got me three fantasy points. So I'm tired of all this Cooper rushes, this Cooper rushes, that. He's being fucking carried. Um, I think the Cowboys' luck is going to run out this week, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a statement game that's going to that's going to make him the MVP frontrunner after this week. Right now, it's kind of like between him and Lamar, in my opinion. And I think after this game, it's gonna it's gonna step him up. I'm taking the Eagles minus six. I'm going to buy the half. And the thing I wanted to the state as well is I said this almost every single pod this year is that Jalen Hurts has un, unmeasurable things about him that, that you don't see in statistics that make him elite. He's a great leader. And you talk, you, you touch on his runs, uh, Matt, but although he runs, he doesn't rely on the run. He runs very smart. And the thing I Not love like about Lamar. him too yeah, exactly. And the thing I like about him, too, is he does not take damage on his runs. He either gets out of bounds or gets down in time. 
So he's very smart and he, his awareness is unbelievable. The other thing I love about him and another un, unstatistical factor is his composure. The pocket will break down and he does not freak out. He stays calm in every situation. And I've been a big Jalen Hurts guy since he, since he left Alabama with Oklahoma. I love Jalen Hurts. He's a great leader. He's a great young man. He's a great quarterback. And I think he's exactly that this team rallies behind him. Philadelphia needed a guy to rally behind. They needed a leader to, to guide them out of the dark. And I think it's Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to have a great game. And I think this is going to be a statement game to make him the MVP front runner. I'm taking Eagles minus six. Yeah. Um, you guys pretty much touched on every point. I'll talk about the Eagles a little bit first. Look, Jalen Hurts is the first quarterback this year to average 250 yards to the air and 50 yards on the ground. Um, he's been extremely consistent for this Eagles team. He's made the necessary strides in order to kind of take that next step as that QB one, you know, a lot of the fans in Philly weren't big believers of him when they drafted him there, even when he was announced at the start, they weren't big on him. Um, I'm glad to see he's having the success he's having for weapons wise going up against his Dallas front. Um, you know, I think Micah Parsons speed off the edge is going to improve. He'll, he'll play. Um, you know, he'll be an issue for him, you know, especially as a rusher that they've made him primarily, you know, he's been a huge proponent to that D line. Um, you talked about Cooper, not necessarily or getting carried. Look, carried or not as a backup quarterback, he is doing everything and more that you could ask of your guy. Um, he's not making any stupid mistakes. He's not doing anything that's costing his team or jeopardizing them any games. He's trusting the players around him. He's delivering balls where he's supposed to. He's making the appropriate reads. I think he's exactly what they need. Now, I'd like to see Dak get a chance when he gets back because they did pay him a fucking bag for a reason. And personally, I think it would open up some of the weapons that they have on offense. You know, I don't think Dalton Schultz has really been mentioned at all um, there. And that was kind of Dak's safety blanket. You know, Zeke, the run game is kind of getting shut down on him. You know, I... I don't really see him in the league for that much longer. I think Tony Pollard's kind of taking things over there. You know, the wall of Dallas isn't what it used to be. The run game just isn't what it used to be. Zeke's um, fat. So they're kind of, yeah, they're relying on their, yeah, feed Zeke. More like hit a fucking diet, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with all that said, you know, because it's a rivalry game and because it's prime time, you know better than to pick a touchdown favorite. It's going to be plus six Cowboys. They're going to make it close regardless. Wow. It's, I don't think I don't think personally, if you were to ask me, if you look at this Eagle schedule outside of the Packers game, who really has a solid chance of beating them? Who it's really has a solid chance? Get one loss all year. I don't even think they'll get a loss. They nah, could go undefeated. There's no way. It never happens. They, never they may happen. screw up. They're, they're going to screw up one game. It's the NFL, bros. They're just like how the Bills screwed them. up against the Dolphins. They'll lose Good. or the or the Chiefs and the Colts. Game. Like it's the NFL, bro. Very true, but look at their schedule. They play ass cans, like, like legitimately ass cans. Like they, personally, if you were to ask me to put money on it, I'm thinking fifteen and two. That's what I was about to say too. I was about to say same thing. Fifteen and two. They'll have one screw up game and then play solid, but probably still lose to the Packers. But because it is a rivalry game, because it is prime time, too many people tuning in. NFL script writers writers love putting their best bullshit on Sunday night. Exactly. And for some reason, they love putting the goddamn Cowboys on primetime. I fucking hate it. Cowboys plus six and a half. 
please God keep the nine millimeter away from me because I'm going to kill myself if I have to watch Cowboys on primetime again. But yeah, yeah it could be all. worse. You could be watching the Broncos again on primetime, which is what we're going to be doing with our Monday night football game <laughs> as the two and three Broncos head over to the three and two Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers coming in at a minus four and a half in our Monday night football game. I have nothing to say. All I have to say is Keenan Allen's back. That's Justin Herbert's or Jay Herbo's favorite target. And I don't think Russell Wilson's worth a shit. Give me the Chargers minus four and a half. And I'm going to also go on a limb and say it's going to be a boring ass game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think- um, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep this short as well. I don't really have much to say. You know, Russell Wilson's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Unfortunately, he's also dealing with a throwing injury, as in he can't throw the fucking ball. Um, you know, you have all the weapons you need. You have Cortland Sutton. You have um, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Or not C.D. Jerry Judy. Yeah, whoever it is. I, Jerry Judy. Sorry. Yeah, I knew I was saying that wrong. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah. You don't really have a tight end, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I know Javante Williams out, but you have Mike Boone and Melvin Gordon, Gordon that, you, that you can kind of rely on back there. Um, your defense is stout. Patrick Sertain, dog. Absolute beast. Bradley Chubb, dog. dog. You have all the weapons. Um, you did say we could be watching uh, the Broncos play game. Let me tell you, I'm watching the Commanders and Bears right now, and I already want to kill myself. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just downright awful. But, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Chargers minus four and a half. Monday night games are usually exciting, though. It's not as shit as uh, the Thursday night schedule. By the way, I'm going to add this little excerpt in here real quick because I have nothing much more to say on the game. Um, The NFL putting the worst possible schedule together for Thursday night football before evidently selling it for billions of dollars to Amazon Prime was the most goaded thing Roger Goodell has ever done in his fucking life. Because he just ensured that at least a couple million people aren't going to buy Amazon Prime just for the shit we have to watch this year. They're going to be like, not risking it. Nope, don't care. Don't That's care. And you know, and you know, Bill, you know, you know, Jeff Bezos is going to throw racks at them to tell them what games to put on his prime time schedule. But take your little bald nutsack head and you go fuck yourself. You, you, you bring in you're, – you're ruining the game of football. I don't, need, I don't need you to do what Rob Manfred's doing by putting your 1 p.m. time slot games for playoff games. I don't need you to make your Thursday night games on oh, only your little streaming service. Well, guess what, buddy? I legally stream all my football games. So you Woo! can't stop me. You can't stop me. That's the American dream. We legally stream our football games. We get shitty pizzas from Publix, at least down in Florida we do. And by God, we drink piss beer every fucking weekend so fuck you jeff bezos that's my closing statement and you're gonna be my meme cap you bald little shit (laughs) i don't don't know how i can uh top that um i will say russell wilson is one of the most cocky quarterbacks in the league for being this religious man um pretty sure it's a sin to be like really cocky i feel like it has to be um (laughs) Uh, he, and he's really cocky for losing to the Colts and the Raiders, which, uh, are two really bad teams. Uh, even though, you know, I'm really upset that the Raiders are not playing this week because I want to give a shout out to them. I think they are 
uh, one of those teams that are going to bounce back end up being like five and four. Sorry, Matt, but this is the wrong podcast to be a, a Raiders fan. We're Raiders fan all day, baby. All right. Well, that was all I'm going to say about the Raiders. Uh, back to the Broncos Chargers. Um, I think the slow start for Eckler uh, will never um, be reciprocated for the rest of the year. I think he's going to explode every game. You think even with the return of Keenan Allen? Yeah. I mean, he, he was doing great last year with Keenan Allen in the lineup. Um, yeah, I think – I mean, I think that almost even – I think that opens up Eckler even more um, because, you know, he, he's, he catches the ball like, like Christian McCaffrey does. Um, and he loves fantasy football, loves scoring points. Um, I, I think this is Justin Herbert's uh, biggest game of the year to prove himself – um, maybe not an important game, but he needs to prove himself. I think, you know, everybody has him up a lot this year, and he hasn't um, risen to that occasion. Um, also, watch out for Melvin Gordon against his old team that gives up the most rushing yards in the NFL. That'd be very uh, nice for my Watch family. out for him. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've watched a good amount of Broncos games since they're always on primetime. Uh, if Jerry Judy doesn't become more of a playmaker, Broncos aren't going to be good all year. Um, I don't think they're going to be good to begin with, but they're going to be really bad if Jerry Judy, Judy do- doesn't start acting like um, what he was in college. I don't think it's Jerry Judy's fault, bro. I think Russ doesn't get him the fucking ball. Exactly. Is that because he's not getting open in the right times or – or they're not running the plays for Jerry Judy. Even in that game against Seattle, when Jerry Judy caught that touchdown, he underthrew him by 10 yards. Yeah, he did. Um, And that's another thing. You you were saying that uh, Russell Wilson has an injury throwing the ball. I think he's more addicted to throwing the ball because why is he not running the ball at the end of the game in in the red zone? Instead, he throws a pick and then loses the game because of it. Or how about he has a wide fucking open receiver running a slant yeah. and looks to the left? I mean, I think he's scared of that slant because he did lose a Super Bowl because of that slant, uh, that exact play. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm taking Chargers minus four and a half. I, I think this could be my survivor pick in my survivor pool. Um, just for the fans who don't know, I don't, I don't know if anybody – uh, really knows about Survivor Pool. You pick one team per week. Uh, if you lose, you're out. It's like Survivor. You got to stay in. Uh, I think Chargers will be my Survivor pick this week. I, I I don't see the Broncos winning this game at all. Damn. Well, that's everything we got. I got nothing else to say. It's going to be a fun week of football. Matt, thank you for coming on. It's been a long time awaited. Hoping to get you on again in the near future. Yeah, I really Zach, any, any words? Um, fuck Jeff Bezos. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Vikings to the Super Bowl. NFL podcast, week six.